Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of At The Movies with Cash and Hightower. Cash, how you doing? Man, I am fantastic. Baseball's starting, the weather's turning nice, and we watched a fantastic movie this week, so trifecta. That's right, and this is a milestone moment for the show, episode number 10, which is why we chose a, a favorite of both of ours, which is the 1989 Batman yeah, and we should probably go ahead and tell everybody that, you know, this is the last episode. We did ten. We said we were going to do 10, and we were done, yeah, right? It's over. Right. Yep, this is it, man. Shut, <laughs> shut it down. It's been a blast. <laughs> we're going to quit while we're ahead, and... <laughs> going out like Michael Jordan, man. We're going out on top. That's right, man. No, you're going to be hearing lots more of us, and especially on this one, because I know we both have plenty to say about Batman. Yeah, I feel like we, uh, well, yeah, I mean, back to Batman, but we can't actually end the show until... We, uh, we at least cover Big Trouble in Little China. That's true. Oh, yeah. We got... We have we got that earmark. We got the thing. Oh, yeah. We have uh, Big Trouble earmarked for episode 327, so <laughs> stick around. <laughs> it's going to be a wild ride until then, guys. <laughs> Get excited. <laughs> All right, so, so back, uh, back to Batman 89. What's your, uh, what's your history with this film? So I told last week about the story about dad chasing me around the house and scaring me with the Joker laugh. So up until I was probably, I bet eight or nine years old, I was scared to death of watching this movie, man. Like I would watch Batman Returns over this when I was younger because it scared me less, which tells you how you know messed up I was anyway, because <laughs> <laughs> Batman Returns is way creepier. Okay. But man, ever since I got over that, I... This is one of those movies that I, if I can help it, I will throw it on once a month or once every other month and watch it. I love this movie. Yeah, I would agree. This is a special moment in young Hightower's life as a, as a kid. Let's see, I would have been about seven. And I remember vividly being at my house and my sister running up to me and being like, hey, guess what? We're going to go see Batman in the movie theater. And at the time... I'd only seen, you know, like Disney movies, whatever, at the theater, what you know, like Little Mermaid, whatever, that that type of stuff. But this was like my like first like actual <laughs> legit movie experience in theaters. And I was so pumped. I remember my dad came in, like after my sister broke the news. I so like I already knew, like but I was I tried to act you know, I played dumb. <laughs> my dad's like, you know, you know, it could be intense, you know, like if you you know, if you get scared, you know, I you can shut your eyes or you know, you can, you know, let me know and we can walk out, whatever. But like man, I I loved every second of the film and still do. Did Papa Hightower come down on uh, Sister Hightower for spoiling the surprise for you, or was was he no. coming in to tell you? Okay. Yeah, he was. I think he was like literally on his way in, and she like ran in real quick and was like, "We're going to the, we're going to go see Batman." Because like, I mean, <laughs> at the time there was like, I felt like it was all over, you know, all over the commercials and stuff. This was good advertising, and I'm sure there was a like a movie tie-in with one of the restaurants, but. I was going to say, I can remember, I you know, so I would have been a whopping one year old when this came out. So, unfortunately, I was a little too young to, to see it in theaters. But I've watched a ton of, like, featurettes and documentaries and stuff. And, like, seeing people that paid tickets or paid for tickets to go to the movie theater just to watch the trailer. <laughs> like, it was insane the amount of people there. They're, like, they ran out of the Batman posters. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, just absolutely insane. And then, <laughs> have you watched the trailer for this before? I don't think so. 
it's such a weird trailer. Like, there's no music. It's just random snippets of the movie. But apparently back in 89, 88, 89, man, people were going wild for it. Dude, yeah, I remember. Like, it, this was a big deal. This was a huge deal. Especially for yeah, a seven-year-old. The... <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, and it was the first, uh, first time that a superhero was cast that people... Got up in arms about too. They they That's did not right. like the casting of Michael That's Keaton, right. a comedian coming in to play Batman, which at the time I get. But looking back, like man, what a great ended up being awesome. He's I know. freaking great in this role. Yeah, it's crazy, and we'll talk about because I know there's a, a ton of like backstory obviously going into this. But um, so would you would you like to do a little house cleaning on the front end before we get into the movie, or do you want to tackle that at the end? Do you know what? I said we should do it at the top, but maybe we should just do it at the end. Okay. We did not forget to rank Reservoir Dogs last week, guys. Um, we did at the end of the episode. We text back and forth, and we decided we're just going to give you a two-for-one at the end of this episode. That's right. New information has come to light, man. <laughs> Plus, I told you guys before I was going to re-rank my movie, or not re-rank, but re-rate my movies on the Richter scale, and I'm going to go ahead and take an opportunity in episode 10 to do that because... It's, no, no more Mr. Nice Guy for some of these. Spring cleaning. So, you want to you get into it? Let's get into it. Actually, you know what? Let me share one more quick story. I, I, my uh, Dr. Hightower, Sister Hightower would be very disappointed if I didn't. But <laughs> at this movie, this, also, this, is like one of my, this is one of my favorite things to happen like at a movie theater. The theater was packed. And we get in there, and then like uh, all of a sudden you hear this like, loud voice from the back of the theater or, or it sounded what sounded like an intercom that was like you know like like you know like bob smith please report to the <laughs> concession stand or you know whatever like or whatever and like this like young probably college age kid or high school age kid like got up and like you know was like oh man you know someone's like paging me or something so like you know started to go up to like towards the back or whatever but it turns out it was just a, like one of his buddies like in the back just like cupped his <laughs> mouth and made like just like a perfect like intercom sound like they were just like just like punking them like man it was very memorable was it michael winslow was that who was doing it it, it might have been <laughs> that's an awesome man i love that it just it was a great it was like right before the movie started too so it was like a good like uh, just set the tone for a great i was night. hoping you'd tell me somebody was doing that in the back just to get him out of a seat so then they could go down and, and poach his seat they might have <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's all I had. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, let's, um, without any further ado, let's get into this because I got to tell you, you know, I can't put this movie over enough. So we'll just dive right into it. So obviously, we open up with the opening credits and the iconic Batman theme. Yeah, by Danny Elfman. Just right away gets me fired up to watch this movie every time. It, that is. A awesome theme and like it's funny too because you know the soundtrack is all Prince but man Danny Elfman in his own right did just a phenomenal job on the score you know or this oh, theme yeah. and I mean Elfman rules anyway but yeah it was like all the music in this movie is awesome and we should probably mention too at the top of the show that the top build for this movie Jack Nicholson that's right the not Michael Keaton that's right the Jack Nicholson was a big get man we we should probably be careful because he'll probably get paid for us talking about this. The way he worked that contract, man, he yeah, no, made so much money on this movie. 
I did see something like that. Like, I don't know if it's true or not, but like something about how he's like, like this role. He's the highest single paid actor or something for, is it, was it superhero movies or just. And I think movies in general. He like I saw something that said like he, up to like 2003, it was like 60 million dollars. Jesus. Hey Zeus. Uh, uh, it's Hey Zeus Marumba. 60 million it's, for uh, one for one movie. What a brilliant move on his part too. Yeah, like, that's awesome. That's like dude uh, is super savvy. Didn't like Sutherland do that with uh, Animal House? Like he had some like you know like took like a percent of the pro like. Yeah. Didn't get paid up front, you know, got like, did the percentage points or whatever and ended up getting a big payday. That sounds right. I don't know how much it was, but I think he ended up getting paid way more than yeah, probably not, anybody else in that movie. Not 60 million, that's for sure. No. But it, yeah, like we said, it's obviously phenomenal opening scene. You get that music and then we get the scene with the family that, you know, running around trying to get the taxi and, you know, obviously deliberately trying to look like. Bruce and and his family, you know, and they're mm-hmm. <laughs> the dad. Man, if I'm if I'm the wife, I'm slapping that dad in the beak all day, just con- yeah. just not even listening to them. About, I mean, we 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 gotta go this way, trying to flag a taxi down. What a turd. We so we obviously love this movie, so like we're gonna you know probably just you know find some things to nitpick in this, but oh sure. There's so many people that came out of that movie theater, like dude, strength in numbers, man. If you're in like you know if you're in a big city, dangerous city like that, dude, get. Stick together. And it's a crowded area, well yeah. lit, and then they go in the dark alley. Like, <laughs> Yeah, bad move. Just subpar, and the kid's trying to tell, I mean, now granted, kid's got a map, which, by the way, too, you know, that you know, we look like tourists kind of thing, so they're coming out of a movie theater in the town that they're not from, so their vacation consists of getting dressed up to go to a movie, like... I've gone to movies on vacations before, but that's not, like, the highlight of the trip. Well... They're from rural New York, so it's a big deal for them. <laughs> they're coming from, yeah, they're coming from the, uh, maybe the Rochester area, you know, bigger city, <laughs> but not big enough. That's great. Oh, man, but I love these two, you know, thugs or whatever, bums, whatever you want to call them at the beginning, too. Just, yeah. you know, they jump the jump the family and, you know, make it look like similar, again, very deliberately, you can tell, to try and look like Bruce and his family, but they jump his, <laughs> they jump the dad or they knock him out and then you know steal the the lady's purse and they run off and we always the the guy that's like super smart alec about the whole thing like not concerned at all you know you want your cut of this money or not like we always joke like man sounds like something my grandpa would say the way he says it just (laughs) just such a jerk to that guy and he's so concerned about the batman I think what I noticed most about this scene watching it this time is like just how over the top their makeup is to make them look, you know, like oh, I know. sickly and poor and, you know, like, yeah, I don't think I've I'm, like paid that close attention before. I don't know if you remember that we, this was, you remember this was showing at like one of the like classic cinema nights, like yeah at, at the old movie theater. So mm-hmm. I remember going and watching it and I can, you know, watching it on Blu-ray, even you pick up on some of Jack Nicholson's makeup that you couldn't see, you know, in DVD or the VHS, but even some of the stuff like at the end when his plane goes down, like you can totally tell it's a miniature model, but oh yeah. When you're, you know, when you watch it on VHS or when you watch it before, you don't pick up on this stuff cuz the quality's not as good. So yeah, it's there's definitely some stuff that you can tell and that's a good example of it. their their makeups they just <laughs> it's way over the top, man. Mhm. But yeah, they get to, uh, and then they get to talking after you know Johnny Hobbs. T- 
what happened to Johnny Hobby? Got ripped and took a walk off a roof, man. No big <laughs> loss. And now I heard that the bat got him. And then we're not even, it's not even 10 minutes into the movie. We get our first sighting of Batman jumping these two guys and pretty good little action sequence, but, you know, pretty interesting. And then the, you know, now famous, I'm Batman. And apparently I was reading through or I'd seen on the documentary that that wasn't even the original line. It was like, I am the knight or something. I saw that as well. Good for Keaton. What, what a, what an upgrade, because that would have been... <laughs> I'm Batman. Yeah, like, I can imagine this movie, like, I'm the knight. Like, all right. Hey, what happened up there? Well, we were, we robbed this family, and then this guy dressed up as a bat said he's the knight, so I don't know, maybe I ought to look for him, because I'll, all we did was take a wallet. <laughs> There's this new super, superhero calling himself the knight. <laughs> So uh, we'll get in, we'll get into the Batman's later, and we'll get too much into this. But like, I like that Keaton's doing you know like kind of a joke, jokey Bruce Wayne. We'll see you later. But his Batman voice, I feel like he is like you know making it a little bit different. Like it's a little bit like lower key, and you know like whereas like Bale just went like over the top with it. But like, yeah, I wonder if he was like inspired by you know Keaton like mixing it up a little bit. But yeah. I've seen something about that before that. I think he was, and they, they said that he was, but, I mean, you can tell, too. Like, when I watched it when I was younger, I never really noticed it as much. I was like, man, that's, like, very obviously Michael Keaton. But he does, you can clearly tell there's, it's a lower register, but like yeah. you said, thank God, not like, <laughs> you know. You don't say, right, it's subtle so enough. Like, yeah, they, does it, they have different cadences. Like, when he's Bruce Wayne, he's more jokey, and, like, you know, like, he's mm-hmm. weirdly, like, <laughs> he comes off, like, less confident. <laughs> As Bruce Wayne, but but still pulls like, off. He's like Michael Keaton in movies in the eighties. Bruce yeah, right. Wayne, pretty much like right, likeable. very aloof. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't sound like DMX singing a song or barking or something like that, like Christian Bale does. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we get through that, and then uh, we you know we get the first scene of you know they're introducing. Harvey Dent, played by Billy D. Williams, and, you know, we're going to snuff out crime, and they talk about boss Carl Grissom, and then we get the first uh, first shot of Jack Nicholson as Jack Napier in this, and come to find out he's having an affair with uh, Carl Grissom's side lady, or with his lady, having something on the side, and mm-hmm. <laughs> what a, he's such a jerk in this, yeah. it's so awesome. Just, he's, not, yeah, he's not very nice, why is she having an affair with him? You, you look fine. I didn't ask. Just <laughs> he's a real grump. Oh man, I love it too. Just I can't tell you how many times we talk. I talk about my dad because he loves this movie too. And you know, man, that's. I wish there's something that was decent going on here. And dad and I just without beat decent people shouldn't live here. <laughs> They'd be happier someplace else. It's <laughs> a pretty good. Nicholson. Oh man. What a great, you know, just a great opening scene, though, for those two. And, you know, you get a little bit of a sense, and he's clearly trying to... He makes a mention, too, about, you know, Grissom not knowing about it, too. And then we go to the next scene, even after that. Like, the, the two guys that got jumped earlier, they're wheeling them out in the in an ambulance. And I have to ask, what what's your opinion on Knox? Like, if I find him entertaining, or... Do you find him annoying, entertaining, nothing? Where, where are you at with Knox? I feel like I used to, like, be annoyed by him. But, like, re- like more recently, or especially this viewing, I, I actually enjoyed him quite a bit. Probably more than I have in a long time. 
I was, yeah, I was kind of the same. That's, that's one of the reasons I asked. Like when I watched this when I was younger, I was like, God, he's just annoying. He's it, it's yeah. too much. But thankfully, he's not in it a ton. Yeah. So you don't really you don't really notice it. But yeah, the more times going on, the more I appreciate his kind of place in this movie. My favorite thing about him is like when he cracks a joke or has like you know like one of those lines, or whatever. He smiles like he. He's already laughing at his joke, which for some reason I kind of I just like I like it that he that he always is, you know, already laughing at his own comment. Yeah, man, you got to make yourself laugh. I mean, if, if you true. can't make yourself laugh, then, you know, what are you what are you doing with your life? Yeah. I think it's a little over the top, you know, I mean, he has to like say one of those lines every single scene. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, overall, I enjoyed him. Okay, I just sorry that was kind of a side tangent. I was just curious. So anyway, you know we're, we we see him, and then we also find out uh, Lieutenant Eckhart, played by William Hootkins. I had hey, to look that up. Do you know what other famous movie old Eckhart's Dude, in? Two two famous movies. Oh, so you looked this up too, Dude? He's Porkins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's he's Porkins, but he's also in Indiana Jones too. I saw, like I saw that a too. Tremendous but, little career, dude. Porkins is like that's like what a joke of a character in oh, star man. wars yeah. we're talking about we're talking about star wars the uh the uh the fighter New hope yeah i like i've always wondered did someone just nickname him porkins because he's you know a huge guy i think so because like he's credited even in the imdb thing like it's like parentheses porkins but is that just because like over time <laughs> people have you know made fat jokes about him like i don't yeah i'm not sure about that one I mean, what a great little career, though. I mean, three, like, mega blockbuster movies, too, to be in. super funny. I will say this is probably Batman's his most prominent role in any of those three, because even though Porkins is memorable, he's not in it for very long, and then obviously Indiana Jones just kind of towards the beginning at the end, so... He's not in Batman very long, either. No, he's not, but at least he's he has some speaking parts, but, like... I, I don't know why I noticed this watching this this time. Like, his voice is I have odd to me. the same note I wrote. Weird voice. It almost sounds like it's... it's so strange. It's like, you know, like, post, you know, production audio. You know, like, they... Yeah. It's like, maybe his sound didn't pick up, or maybe they didn't like the way he's talking. But it sounds like it's, like, super deep and low and mon- not, no monotone. Or and it's monotone. worse... It's worse at the beginning and then worse right before they go into access chemicals because there's other times yeah. that I don't notice it as bad. It's only at the beginning, yeah, because when they're in the plant, it seems back to somewhat normal. And when he's meeting Jack in the alley, it's fine. But, yeah, it's when he's talking to Knox. It is bizarre. It's so weird. But, yeah, anyway, so we – you know, they talk and Knox is trying to get him to admit that there's a Batman file and all this stuff. And then he kind of like slinks off to an alley by himself. And I made a note too. I don't know if you picked up on it this time or not before he goes and meets up with, with Jack. This has to be like the steamiest city in the United States. Like there is no steam kidding. in the background of every freaking shot. It's I never picked up on it till this viewing. There's a Burton likes steam. He does. He I mean, this is steam. not. Uh, I would. I don't know about you. This is not a typical Tim Burton movie to me. Like, there's a little bit of the like dialogue, but the visuals and stuff. It's not nearly as gray and like jaunty as a lot of his other movies. There's, I agree to a point. There's some scenes though where I'm like, oh yeah, this is a, this is like early Tim Burton, but like, yeah, yeah, I agree. Like overall, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's still got his like weird flavor and stuff on it, but yeah, not. I mean, oh, this, yeah. this is probably when was Scissor Hands? That was his first one, right? 
I don't even Scissor hand no, his his first one's Pee Wee. Oh, was it? Oh wow. Yeah, Pee Wee then Beetlejuice because they they weren't even gonna give him well, I wanna say they weren't gonna they wanted to see that he could have like a blockbuster hit before they signed off on him doing this movie. So Beetlejuice came out the year before and then when that was a success they were like, All right, cool, you can you can do Batman now. Yeah, so it's still fairly, or you know, somewhat early. Yeah, and Scissor Hands was ninety one. Holy cow, that's ninety one. I was thinking that was in the eighties. Wow. Okay. No oh, man. I'm way off. So yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and this movie doesn't have Johnny Depp, so it, you, definitely early Tim Burton. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, Pee Wee, Pee Wee. Sorry, and, Molly. Oh man. That's right. So Beetlejuice was right before this. Man, my timeline's like way off on this. Like I was thinking Scissor Hands was like before this and Beetlejuice, but I know way more about this movie than I should. That's good. <laughs> you have to keep me honest. That's hey, that's what I'm here for. I'm I'm here to keep you honest. I'm here to educate and keep people honest. I don't want to get like too tied down in the details this early on, but it's funny that uh yeah. Jack gives uh gives Eckhart <laughs> like a Cash sandwich, like I feel yep. like it's like I feel like there's like a fat joke like slipped in there. Absolutely, <laughs> it's like the same thing. Well, and it's just this movie. I, and I'm again. I'm. This is going to be kind of like Big Lebowski for me. I'm sure you too. Like, I could quote so much of this movie, and I have to try and deliberately not. But you know, I I don't know how many. T- you know, my parents come over, and my dad. You know, there's something sitting on the counter. Like, got you a little snack, Eckhart. You know, just everything I, man, Jack we, Nicholson we, says is gold. It is. It really is. And we'll talk about, obviously, MVPs and things later. But, man, what a what a performance in this movie. Yeah, he's just freaking awesome. But, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll advance the plot here because this is going to be like a three-hour show if we don't keep going. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we, we find out kind of in that little scene, too, that, you know, Eckhart and Jack are working together. And Jack's clearly trying to hint that he's going to be trying to take over Gotham City. Then we go to, um, you know, uh, the, you know, the main, like the mayor and Billy D. Williams. And I should also mention, too, there's there's two people that are in all four of the original. Uh, Commissioner Gordon's one. Yeah. Pat Hingle. And then Alfred is the other one. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's in all four of the, I I, I say original four. They're not obviously all the same director. But anyway, they're coming out and talking about the festival and, you know, how it's, you know, in the red and they're trying, basically re-emphasizing how crime-ridden Gotham City is and then Knox gets back to the office and this is when we get to meet Vicky Vale. Love. Hello, Legs. <laughs> Girl could get hurt doing this stuff. Yeah, I just I didn't notice that, like, when we'd watch it, so I actually got my wife to watch some of this because I... I don't want to pause too much, but my wife does not like this movie, and therefore we are not on speaking terms as of this evening. Yeah, but we need, to, we need to have an intervention. She's like, "How come Vicky Vale was at the Corto Maltese, but then she gets so scared about stuff with Batman and Joker?" I was like, "That's actually a pretty good point. Like, I did not think about that." Corto Maltese will, will change a person, man. Yeah, but like, anyway, they. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I say it'll just put you on the edge of your seat at all times. Oh yeah, man. But they, uh, yeah, they finally get a chance to meet and kind of talk about, you know, she's there because she read Knox's story about Batman and, you know, they're kind of going back and forth and their interaction. I do like their interactions too. Just, 
they're subtle and kind of quiet. You know, if you, if you want to shoot me nude, you're going to have to use a long lens and stuff <laughs> yeah, like that's that. A, like, that's a good line. That's funny. And they're, you know, we need to get to Bruce's party. So they, you know, they're going to try and go corner uh, the commissioner and, and get a little bit more. And then we go from that to Carl Grissom, played by Jack Palance, which, man, what a. <laughs> He's such he's such a strange actor. The way he delivers lines and does like it's just so over the top. It, you know what's really strange is this is the same year as Tango and Cash, and he's essentially just playing the same like character that bad the bad guy from Tango and Cash. It's like that's true. Yeah, you could totally just flip him out in and out. The same same guy makes you wonder. Like you know he had uh, he had Lopan and that other guy working for him in um, Tango and Cash, so. I mean, does he have two empires? He's got one in Gotham City. He's got one out in L.A. And he's, you know, he's juggling them both, kind of thing. I mean, it's very good. It's possible. <laughs> Maybe they're twin brothers. It could be. I'd buy that. Kind of like City Slickers. It, it, yeah, it just, curly. Yeah, it, right. Hey, you, you picked up exactly what I was putting down. <laughs> but we get to meet Carl Grissom, and they, you know, they're talking about uh, the fact that the the police may be closing in, and you know, we need to we need to do something. <laughs> I say we trash the place and make off with the paperwork like it's industrial espionage. Just <laughs> such a nonchalant, just, I don't care, I'm better than you. And then we see his lady come in and, you know, we get the, obviously, Carl knows what's going on. But, man, just, I, I can't emphasize this enough. Everything Jack Nicholson does in this movie is just, like you said, it's gold. Yeah, he just has phenomenal lines and just the way he delivers He's just, you know, he's a freaking A-plus actor. Plus, he's got those suits, man. Those suits are classy. I didn't notice it, like him wearing the purple suit before he was the Joker, too. I, I don't think I've ever, like, just paid attention to that. I saw something that said, like, they, he still, like, he had all of them, like, custom-made for himself, too. Like, he, I don't, I don't think he paid for all of it, obviously, by himself. But I think a lot of these suits that he, excuse me, he wore in this movie were... Like his own suits that he had custom made. It's pretty impressive. I mean, I know I was read where he like and like loved being the Joker. He like loved the role, so I wouldn't doubt it, man. He probably I dropped mean, some cash on this it one. Sho- it, sh- <laughs> it shows in his performance too. Yeah, he was really good. And then we also before we leave, you know, we see um, obviously important. I, I don't want to get too tied down, like you said too, but it's important for the story that. Carl calls and calls in Lieutenant Eckhart and clearly gonna rat out Jack before they go into the Axis chemical. So, oh yeah, they're setting him up, man. They're taking him down. He's, he's throwing his boy down the river. Oh, and we cut to uh, after that. We go to the uh, the party at, at Bruce Wayne's house and <laughs> Bruce Wayne's our, house. Bruce Wayne's mansion. Sorry, I it's, should say it's castle. Wayne Manor. Come on, man. <laughs> Wayne Manor. Well. It's a house. I mean, he still has to live there, but yeah, Wayne Manor. My bad. My bad. I should, I should get it right, get it right or pay the price. Like I said, there's rooms he hasn't even been in before in that house. What, what fantastic interactions though? Like, obviously Michael Keaton. We get to see him as Bruce Wayne now, but <laughs> Alfred walking around behind everybody throughout this entire scene is great comedic timing. I put a note in here. That's just great buttling, buttling. 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 New adjective. Yeah. What is it you do, sir? I buttle. I buttle with the best of them. Makes you wonder too, because uh, you know, there's a couple times like 
Keaton like sticks that knife into whatever that thing is, and then he tries to set that drink down on the glass or on the table, and it's gonna fall off. Like, dude, have you actually done anything around this house? Like, yeah, I know you have a butler, but clean up after yourself a little bit. That's what I'm saying he's very aloof. He just like you know, just going with the flow. Straight out of Mr. Mom. <laughs> he hit it big time, and and she she left him, took the kids, so. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, we uh, obviously we, we get that, and they, um, you know, Knox is kind of interrogating them, and and Kim Basinger is I, we didn't even mention Kim Basinger is Vicky Vale, so I got I got so excited about the movie I forgot about that, but um, you know they're trying to find a little bit more information out, and they stumble into that room of I don't even know I mean they're obviously figure or statues and stuff, but oh yeah, the armory. What a weird collection of things to have in your manor. Yeah, like, that's when rich people are just, like, so bored. And they're just like, yeah, I'll just I'll collect stuff and put it in this room. <laughs> what do you think this is? It's Japanese. How do you know that? Because I bought it in Japan. bought it in Japan. <laughs> it's good. Dude, I've, I've been reading the book, the movie novelization. Yes. And I only made it through, like, half of it. But it's no different. It's, like... And like it's the same lines. It's super. I've never had a novelization that goes like really this this close. I mean, like all the lines. So I mean, this all this stuff was in the script because these guys that write the book get like basically to get handed the script and stuff, and then they you know write the book or whatever. So like if there's ever changes, like major changes to the script or people add the big lines and things like lines and things like that, then it, it can be different. But like. <laughs> This book is the movie, like a hundred percent. Like all the lines are the exact same. Yeah, that's interesting because that doesn't happen very often. I feel like the yeah. novelization of movies are generally not totally different, but there's usually quite a few differences. So that's interesting. Yeah, there's usually like you know changes along the way with the scripts, and you know these guys have to get these yeah. books done ahead of time. So yeah, they just get like the original scripts, but. Well, especially for this movie, like this movie was in development for like 10, 15 years and it was going to be a comedy. It was going to be a dark, kind of darker movie like this. It was Bill Murray was going to be in it. Eddie Murphy was going to be in it. Like Robin Williams was originally, not originally, but at one point going to be the Joker. The Joker, I saw that. That'd have been weird. Robin Williams got jerked around in this franchise like three different times. (laughs) It's good that he didn't. I don't know if he would have pulled it off. Not the same, but I yeah. I, I don't like bad Robin Williams. I don't like him as a bad guy. No. No, keep him keep him on the good side. I agree. That's right. I prefer him as genies. <laughs> Singing and dancing, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, you know we I, we go from go from that, and then you know Alfred calls Bruce away, like you know. It, Lieutenant, your Commissioner Gordon. Sorry, I don't know why I said Lieutenant. <laughs> Commissioner Gordon, you know, left unexpectedly and is about as subtle as a gun in telling him in front of those guests who just <laughs> left unexpectedly, sir. Like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll go. No, I think you should go this way, sir. <laughs> like, it was very much like for some reason I got a very '60s Batman vibe with that part. Like, just yeah. not subtle at all. Not at all. There's there's things later too Alfred does too that I'm just like whoa man like yeah wow who's really in charge here there's there's some thing yeah and I I know that's something that uh, there's there are a couple things that especially later in the movie that people 
get upset at Alfred for and all this mm-hmm. other, which we'll, we'll cover. But yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> Alfred, stepping out on a limb here, bud. Good for you. No kidding. You don't, you don't even know this girl. I'm, I'm getting way ahead. Yes, but we go from obviously, you know, Bruce abruptly leaving to finding out that, um, you know, basically uh, Lieutenant Eckhart is is raiding access chemicals and, and trying to get Napier and Commissioner Gordon finds out. So this is the, you know, the big, big showdown where Jack uh, finds out that he's been ratted out here, boys, and, you know, watch out and they have a big shootout. And I got to tell you. I have to assume, now again, I know they say a little bit later on in the movie that Jack Napier, one of his specialties is chemistry, but man, he is just turning knobs and cutting holes and stuff and reckless, especially for his team. Yeah, see, in the book, they do, they actually do make do a good job of making it clear that he's like just trying to escape and run away. And like in the, in the book, he's just flipping things and turning knobs as he's like kind of like running. So it's like, it's that part is a little bit different, but. He's just trying to create chaos, essentially. I mean, mission accomplished because he's cutting out toxic chemical. Yeah. Te- the thing looks like a big technodrome, honestly, that he, cut, he uses that axe and cuts into. But what a great scene just all over the place. And we get another appearance of Batman kind of, you know, sneaking around doing his thing. And then we finally get, the, you know, the scene where uh, he's going to shoot, <laughs> going to shoot Gordon and Batman confronts him and holds him up and then. You know, I'm I'm excited to finally get a chance to talk about Bob the Goon. You know, Bob, yeah. Bob Bob puts a gun to Gordon's head. Bob saves the day again. He actually saved him earlier too in the street with Eckhart, and then he and he saves the day here too. Bob is like just getting it done, man. What a great role for this guy! That I like literally everything I've read. It was basically Nicholson was like, "Hey, I've got a buddy that would be great for this role," and because he was friends with Nicholson, he got this job. That's great. What a great performance too, you know, just not, a, not didn't have to really say much and yeah. I'm sure got a hefty payday. Stuck guns in people's faces. He's the Brutus the Barber Beefcake to Jack Nicholson as Hulk Hogan. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, then uh, this is the this is the big scene where um I, it, it it did always bother me when Jack goes to shoot Batman and like he just holds his forearm up like <laughs> Not going to happen that quick. But anyway, obviously, this is not a believable movie, but this is where Jack gets dropped in the vat of chemicals and mm-hmm. we see the white and green finger, you know, painted fingers coming out and it's not going to be good. Turning, he's turning into the Joker. It ain't going to be good. No, sir. I made a note that uh, Batman pulled the old Ninja Vanish also. He did. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing too. He didn't announce it though. That's the right. problem. He didn't. He, he didn't move to Tatsu, and you know, Ninja just, Vanish. Ninja Vanish. He just knew. And of course, he wasn't working with anybody, so he didn't have to announce that he was leaving. He just. He just did. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, you know, obviously a great, you know, very exciting scene, and then we obviously sets up for the rest of it. And I was talking to you about this before, like. Watching this movie growing up and watching this movie as an adult, you know, I just I love this movie because it's entertaining to me. I really enjoy it anyway. But looking at it now, part of the reason I like it so much is because there's not a ton of time on the screen, like maybe 10, 15 minutes at the most when Jack Nicholson isn't in the movie. And I think that's what makes this movie go a lot better, because after that, you know, they cut back to to Knox and, and Vicky in the 
in the you know the newsroom state or not say newsroom state sorry in the news area and they're you know what's going on you know suicide blah 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 and, and Knox is trying to get them to to tell basically what ended up happening but obviously they won't and then Vicky's like okay I have a date with Bruce and then we have the whole scene at you know her and Michael Keaton admittedly you know somewhat charming but it's still it's like okay it's starting to slow down but then Nicholson comes back and we see he's you know on the surgery chair like. The fact that he's in this movie as frequently and there's not a huge gap is is really what keeps it like, okay, it's two hours, but it doesn't feel like, Jesus, you know, this is three and a half hours long. Yeah, no, I agree. They, they edited this film fabulously. Like, yeah, you just gave, you gave Nicholson a ton of screen time, but you also, like, used it effectively, like, like you said, like, in between scenes where you get a, you know, you get Batman or, you know, Wayne and Vicky Vale, and then, you, you know, you get the news guy or whatever, but you also just... You're just peppering them with with the Joker and Jack Nicholson. It's just very well done. And it, it is like the, the I'm trying to look. I was watching this and trying to you know, objectively like, okay, what are some things that maybe I don't like as much? And like the scene when Vicky and Bruce are having their dinner date. Like, admittedly, that's kind of slow and not oh. clunky, but it's just like I love that it just scene. takes. It just, I don't know, it takes away from what I'm looking for, basically, in this movie. I mean, it's still funny, and, like, the whole, you know, them sitting at the long ends of the table. Like, I like that visual and that kind of gag, but I'm like, yeah, I've, I, I, I love, want Batman, I want Joker. I love it when they're, I've, I've used that a lot, like, that line, like, where you're like, how's the soup? <laughs> I can't remember, like, I've been in a situation, like, where we've had, like, a long table like that, and I've, I've busted out that line before, but... It's just yeah, very very subtle, but I like it. Well played. I I may have to start doing that because I use obscure lines from this too to quote throughout the day. But oh yeah, I've not done the soup line yet. No one ever gets it, which makes it even better. Perfect. <laughs> oh man, and yeah. So like I said, they kind of this is where they kind of cut back and forth. And again, this is like you to to your point that the editing is fantastic. So they do that, and then they go to the kitchen, and it cuts to. Nicholson in the surgery chair and you know he looks in the mirror and he you know he starts laughing hysterically which obviously you know as us as the audience know like okay now he's he's the joker basically then they cut back to to Vicky and Bruce and you know they're going upstairs to you know make some nookie nookie and uh get it then on they, then they cut back to one of my favorite scenes of the entire movie the first actual full screen appearance of the Joker. Where he takes out Grissom. <laughs> Is that you, Sugar Bumps? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's me. Oh, man. But they you'll notice, too, I don't know if you pick up on it or not. I'm sure it's obvious if you're if you're watching it, but that like purple spot on his neck. Mm -hmm. So I, the makeup people, they had a hard time when they were trying to get like the right tone and everything for his face. So they had to find the right makeup to do it. So when they found it, they did a couple of takes of that scene, but the purple on his jacket, like it, they had done it so many times that that purple wore off on there. So it's not like a, it's not supposed to be that way. So the guy that did the makeup was like, I was super pissed because they had to take the best take, obviously, but you can see this big purple splotch on his neck during that scene. And it's, he's like, to me, it's very distracting, which I don't know. It didn't never really bothered me, but I have always noticed it before. I've never even noticed it before. I, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I noticed it a while ago, but again, it was one of those things I was like, 
okay, you know, he fell into a vat of chemicals and I'm you know, he's, 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 he's now white faced and green haired. Like maybe he has a purple spot on his neck sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> it's a hickey. Oh yeah, exactly. He stopped, he stopped by before going to Grissom's office to get a hickey. <laughs> <laughs> This to me too is, I mean, Nicholson's you know pretty tame performance throughout the movie so, so far. I mean, still kind of like a crazy guy, but like right here, obviously, when he fully turns into the Joker, <laughs> this to me, I made a note like this is where he totally starts just everything is to the nth degree, and he is clearly having a blast with this. Oh yeah, he's yucking it up for sure. Shooting and behind the back and all that stuff, and you know, what a day. <laughs> Good music, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So my question to you is, because then we cut back to Bruce and Vicky for a little bit. What would you do if you woke up in the middle of the night and found your uh, partner, significant other, hanging upside down from a metal structure? <laughs> yeah, that's a, like that? that's a red flag. I would get out of there. She doesn't seem phased by it. She just wakes up in the morning, wakes him up like, hey, I got an idea. Like, let's have lunch. I'm confident my first question would be like, hey, um, I woke up about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. What in God's name were you doing? <laughs> oh, man, that's great. I don't, I, don't remember them, so... <laughs> I don't remember them shacking up so quickly like in previous watches, but man. Oh, yeah, man. First, first date. <laughs> first try, but, you know, Bruce is, uh, Bruce is also a ladies' man. I mean, he's a millionaire playboy, billionaire playboy, so, I mean. Or was... Veil just trying to get close to Bruce for some for information. It could be a little bit of both. I never thought about that until you said that. Now you say that. Um, I mean, it's possible. We'll never know. Yeah, we you know we get a cut back again. A Nicholson sitting in you know Grissom's chair, and it just again nothing really substantive, substantiative or whatever. I don't know. Easy for me to say. Nothing really to add to the plot, just again him hamming it up. <laughs> right. Being being Jack Nicholson and you know, then that's when we you know, she wakes him up and Hey, you wanna go get lunch at my place? And yeah, I can, I'm gonna be out of town. So she's already seeing that Bruce is he's got something to hide because he clearly lies to her as as she walks out and Alfred tells her they were gonna be there for a while. So to me, dude sleeping upside down and lying to me the next day <laughs> it's too Oh, for two. You're, strike you're behind two. the count. That's strike two, man. <laughs> Fool me once. Shame on me. Fool me twice. That's strike three. <laughs> oh, that's great. And I think, too, like, you know, this is about, you know, 40, 45 minutes into the movie. And I don't think... I don't know. It, like, it's, it's, it's slower compared to the second half of the movie, but it still doesn't feel like it's dragging along like I still feel like it's a pretty good pace that you're getting through this story oh for sure like all the man Nicholson's like carrying it through right now so like at this at this oh, for point sure. he's just kind of turned into the Joker so like you're I mean I am heavily invested yeah and then we get another scene like I'm I'm gonna this is gonna sound like a broken record and everybody listening I apologize but <laughs> she he's hey waiting there for that girl to come back <laughs> You'll never believe what happened to me today. That is a great line. <laughs> but the like the best part about this is kind of subtle. Like right at the end, he does that, and then he takes. He's like, he's got that goofy smile, and he just kind of like, ha, and he like looks away. It's just 
<laughs> I don't I don't know why, but it always gets me. And then it, you, we get the scene of <laughs> all the crime bosses sitting around the table. Oh man, I love this one. <laughs> oh, it's so great. <laughs> what if we say no? <laughs> well, Tony. <laughs> Nobody oh. wants a war. <laughs> I got a live one here. <laughs> oh, man. I can't hear this. Uh, and I we haven't even talked about it. Yeah, when we talked about it a little bit. But I can't hear that part and then not immediately think Bat Dance. Because that's if you have the, the Batman album, that little clip's right at the beginning of the song. And I just... I'm not even a big Prince fan, but I, I like the music in this movie. I, I, I admit it, man. Not You're even not a Prince fan? Not. I, it's, it's it's overrated to me. What? I know. I mean, you like, you like enjoy his songs. You're just not a big Prince fan. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. No, I like, I'm, I'm not going to like, it's not something that I'm like, oh God, turn it off. I don't want to hear it. It's just, I don't actively sink out Prince music other than, and not even this entire album. It's <laughs> Party Man, Trust, and um, Bat Dance. Dude, uh... Party Man is by far the best song. Oh yeah, I I love all I I like all three of them. Have you have you watched the Bat Dance video in yes, I have. recent? Actually, <laughs> they like I feel like YouTube like blocked it or something. Like I couldn't even like find it last time I was trying to find it, but like they did for a while. It's it's back on there now. Thank goodness. Because I turned it on. We were turned on like just music videos for our daughter just something to her to listen and kind of she sits up and like rocks to music and i turn i turn that on and molly was like what the hell is this <laughs> so god it is so weird did you watch that like bulls jordan documentary this uh this past summer oh, or whatever the, that was the last last dance the thing last dance yeah i watched i watched a little bit i haven't gotten all the way through it yet dude they use this they use party man in a great like bulls uh, montage it's phenomenal really? oh yeah it's awesome i have i'm gonna have to watch it then because i this is the only movie i've ever heard and seen those songs used yeah but sorry i got off on a tangent there but i it was a it was a good time to, to bring it up <laughs> <laughs> no doubt so, he fr- he fries tony with the with the hand buzzer which we've already seen one this is the second movie we've covered with a hand buzzer gag what was the other one? Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That's right. Yeah, that one didn't kill anyone. <laughs> and his, his interaction with Bob and doing the Jack Palance impersonation. That's great. <laughs> oh, man. We, he's, such a, he's such a psycho, too. And what a cool, like, visual of him looking like he's, like, regular complexion. And he's wiping away yeah. that layer to get to the makeup, but it doesn't go through that makeup to his actual skin. Like that's awesome. I, I, I read or I watched something about how they did that. They obviously like different styles of makeup, but what a cool visual that was. Like I would have never. Yeah, when when I was little, I used to think, oh, that's what he uses to put his like Joker f- makeup on. That's what I thought too. And then yeah, when I got older, I was really, oh, I was like, oh, he's like he's wearing you know like human skin makeup and he's wiping that away so yeah his face is always that white color and it's that it's the scene right before the uh, museum like dinner that's that's when I finally figured it out because I was like so wait is he putting on the makeup or is he taking it off like that 
and I and again that was like within you know as I got older but man I, I was the same way I was like oh he's he's putting his Joker stuff on so I'm glad that you said that <laughs> makes me feel a little less dumb oh yeah I always thought that yeah man so yeah he's um, you know obviously he's he's clearly trying to take over Carl Grissom's territory and you know, we cut back and get to see, you know, Bruce going to the to the alley where his parents were murdered and Vicky's tailing him and, mm-hmm. you know, get a little bit slower, but obviously a, nece- a necessity if you have a Batman movie, you got to go visit the, the scene where the parents die. So, you know, no big deal there. But we get we get another great scene. And I think I like that that scene, obviously, where they're doing the press conference and talking about, you know, you know, he's 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 gone or whatever. And. All the guys in the background doing the miming Dude, is, I think, this, what I enjoy the most. <laughs> yeah, this scene's great with all the mimes, like, rolling up to the scene, and then you have Bob popping out to, like, take a quick picture. Like, this scene is great. What a... And the one... Like, the one dude doing, like, the ice skating thing. And He's I the didn't, best. I, I paid attention, too. If you watch... Um, they're all obviously... You can tell, like, with the different camera angles, they're all coming in on, the, the like, the press conference, but... Mm-hmm. After Joker speaks up, he's like, you know, it is legitimate. They do a scene like, or they do a shot of everything, and all of them are still doing their miming things as they get closer and closer. Yeah. So, it was, I was like, man, that's dedication. Those guys, nice job. Oh yeah, they're like, they're Method Man. They're not Method Man, the rapper. Not they're Method like, Man. Yeah, they're Method. No, they're, they're, they're Method man, not- <laughs> acting man. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Oh man, but yeah, and obviously, you know, with with Joker talking, then. Bruce Bruce hears it and realizes, uh oh, Napier's not dead. Yep. <laughs> and another thing to you know, just this nitpicky kind of thing. Like later in the movie, he's doing that whole speech. He's like, I'm one thing I am not is a killer. I'm like, you can't say that because there's cameras and reporters at this scene. Yeah. When you take you the feather pen out and th- you threw it in the dude's throat. <laughs> another thing that bothers me about this scene is this even bothered me when I was a when I was a kid because. That freak, there's like two cops that are standing directly behind him, and he kills that dude, turns around, and then like, you know, says a, his one line or whatever. Then obviously, like, the mimes start opening fire on everyone, but man, those two cops just didn't do a darn thing. I thought the same, I didn't, I honestly didn't notice it until I watched it for this, for this show. They like kind of duck and like almost run away. Like, they just literally do nothing. Yeah, I was, I was a kid, I was so mad at those cops for not, you know, doing something. Like guys, you gotta you gotta step in. You got the you got the unis on. You got yeah. You just watched a man get murdered, but yeah. They went to the Mister Orange School of Policing. <laughs> we're hey, just tying w- them all in. This is the tenth episode. We're gonna tie them all back in here. That's right. We'll talk about every episode. Hey, you want to take a quick break and uh, come back and talk some action news? Yeah, absolutely, man. All right. Adios. See ya, gentlemen. Let's broaden our minds, Lawrence. And welcome back to the second half of our Batman show. How you doing, Cash? I'm good, man. We're, we're about to talk about some new and improved Joker products here, so I'm pretty fired up about that. Excellent. Hey, how was your break? <laughs> it was a lengthy one, to say yeah, the least. Yeah, like, <laughs> it feels like almost like two days ago or something. Oh, it's my weird. gosh. It's crazy. I, okay. so, so I think this time we not only fired the tech guy, but we've also went ahead and executed him. Yes. He's, we had to prove a point. He is out of the picture. <laughs> 
But yes, we are back, and we are back to talk about the last half of Batman 1989, so I'm, I'm excited to finish this up here. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's jump into it. Yeah, so like we said, we left off with the, uh, you know, we're coming up on the action news, so, you know, we, we had left the Joker and his crew after a, uh, a mow down at the, uh, at the press conference where the cops did nothing. That's right. And we get a couple of little scenes here and there, some you know, some more good dialogue from uh, Joker and a little bit more backstory, but nothing serious. But the next big one is definitely the action news scene where it's um, it's awesome to me because it's so out of nowhere. I mean, you can obviously tell something's coming, but her just hysterically laughing and then falling over backwards. And then that man, that commercially does is is classic Jack Nicholson. Yeah. But was it LaughX? It's a Brand X, man. Brand X. There you go, yeah. That's right. Anytime anybody's salty around here, I always ask them if they've been using Brand X. X. <laughs> Dude, that, uh, the, uh, with the whole, like, the two, jo- like, the models that are dead, and then they have the Joker smiles, and then mm-hmm. this lady losing it, like, you know, having the laughing fit and dying, just like that, that really messed with the, with the young Hightower. <laughs> I got, that got in my kitchen. I, so don't ask me why that never bothered me, but man, that that creepy laugh at the end when he's dead and that you just hear that <laughs> laugh track, like, God, you haunt my dreams forever with that. I hear you, man. Man, what a, I, I love that though, just the whole commercial <laughs> that for TV producers, just especially at the beginning, he's just ah, Becky, <laughs> just just not care about anything, and yeah. man, that commercial. I don't know, I don't know where he got that soundstage to shoot that commercial, but. You know, props to his editor too, because it's it's done very well. It is. Another <laughs> small note: uh, when the, you see Bruce Wayne watching this commercial as well, uh, mm-hmm. if you look if you look at the TV, he's watching Channel Forty Five, and uh, growing up, Channel Forty Five was uh, MTV. So, in my mind, he was watching you know like Real World or Road Rules or something, and that was that that interrupted it. I love that idea. That's that'd be fantastic. <laughs> Bruce Wayne's a big MTV guy. Well, I mean, back at it's, it was '89, so back at this point, they were probably still playing music videos and maybe remote true. control or something. Yeah, it's true. Maybe it was before even real world. Good call. But either way, I still want to picture him like, yeah, looking at Alfred like Master Wayne. It's time for dinner, and him shouting at Alfred across the manor. It's like, I want my MTV. <laughs> no doubt. That, that's the way it went down. <laughs> hey, next scene and, is this? Is this the best part of the movie? Uh, the best part of the movie where the the, uh, the museum n- the, n- <laughs> the news anchor has a goiter on his nose after like a day or <laughs> oh yeah sorry I jumped ahead a little bit <laughs> no that's okay but you know it's honestly because that's kind of the next big thing is we you know we we lead up we see the they're not using the beauty products anymore because they figured that out but yeah the next big scene is the museum and if it's not the top scene it's definitely one of the top two scenes I love this scene. Yeah, this is uh, this is my top this is my top scene. I love this man. Like, I question that there's a fancy restaurant in a museum, but maybe that's uh, maybe that's normal. But uh, the, I've the never Flugenheim. seen one. The Flugenheim. Yeah, the Flugenheim. That's right. man. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I love the uh, over the top aspect of this movie. Even you know it's you know towards the end of the '80s, so I guess the over the top '80s movie. I don't know. Was windling down, but like, there's the way people die. Like somebody dies hanging over the hand or the yeah the handrail going down the steps. When they're somebody gassed. dies, yeah. yeah. When somebody dies with their like knees bent up and up in the air. It's like, okay, the, come on, like yeah. And the two people <laughs> that like fall into their food, those are 
those are those that's just that's gross so dramatic yeah man you're not only so you're dying you're you're falling into your food i mean i guess if you're falling into your food that's a good way to go out maybe you're enjoying your last meal kind of i don't think as a kid i realized that these people were dying i think that that hit me a little bit later i thought they were yeah passing out like i thought it was just some kind of knockout gas or something or other that's i kind of chose to believe the same thing yeah they're they're definitely dead but i you know again you get the i love the 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 camera pan of all the dead people and gentlemen let's broaden our minds lawrence (laughs) yeah that's man and then we get the party man prince party man what a great scene it's just all of it fantastic and i can't tell you how many times we'd be painting something around the house and I like there was a uh, we had a piece of plywood or something in the garage and I had a paintbrush and dad was gone so I you know I, I snuck in and just wrote Joker was here on the plywood <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> he, he texted me after we got back I got a picture of it he's just dying laughing we, we do that to each other all the time that's phenomenal yeah I mean just everything Jack Nicholson's doing here like the old like <laughs> hopping on one leg and knocking the statue down and just mm-hmm. his, just his little dances in general it's kind of funny to think that's Jack Nicholson doing it. it doesn't I mean it feels he is such the character Joker that I just sometimes I forget I'm like oh man that is I Jack know. Nicholson doing all this this is great there's times when it's like okay is he even acting like is this just how he is and I've read <laughs> you know I've read interviews where he's like I, you know his, his humor is completely tasteless and that you know that's why it was fun to play like there had to have been a part of him that was like yeah this is just a, a, a louder version of me right yeah I'm just just letting it all go, letting it all out. <laughs> I kind of like this one, Bob. Leave it. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is by far my favorite scene. I love this scene, and the we talked about it earlier, but the the obviously all the henchmen and everybody coming in. <laughs> there's the one guy with the handlebar mustache. Oh. I, apparently, he he answered the Craigslist ad for boombox <laughs> henchmen because. That's all he does. This this whole movie. That's that's the only two times you see him. He's holding that boombox. I'll tell you what. He's doing a hell of a job. But yeah, his musical cues are fantastic, and playing print, playing Party Man right here, fantastic. Yeah. Really tip top stuff. Yeah, he shows back up at Vicky Vale's place later. Yeah, he's yeah he does. He's the man for the job. <laughs> he's uh, and and Joker's giving some constructive criticism to Vicky's photography too. I, I appreciate that. You know, yeah. Crap. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. And just how sadistic he is, too, and, and bringing up uh, Alicia, and, you know, she's a living work of art, and, you know, starts freaking Vicky out, but... I know you what know, you're going to say. Wait. What's, well, ahead. maybe, maybe. I was going to say, her face isn't even that bad. I felt no, like it's you not. I felt like you were, gonna, you were getting there. I, yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, his whole thing, <laughs> and it kind of does make me laugh, like... You see her, they take the mask off, it's not that bad. She has like a and puffy then, cheek. Yeah, it's like you got, oh, like some hot water burned you and it's sw- like poofed up a little bit. Like that'll heal right, with some yeah. ointment. Like she might have like a, I mean, maybe she was cut, but I mean, she's not like disfigured or grotesque by any means. Not at all. Yeah, and then, oh, like two scenes later, like, oh, she threw herself out the window. Like, <laughs> man. Boy, boy, she took a steep dive then. No kidding. <laughs> poor, poor Alicia. Was that her yeah. name, Alicia? I think so, Alicia, Alicia, something like that, yeah. Alicia! What was the... 
Annalicia? Um, what was that turkey in uh, the South Park episode? Oh, that, that was it. Annalicia. Annalicia. <laughs> water, Helen. Water. Okay. Oh, Sorry. Great, great pull. No, that's okay. I, I, <laughs> thank you for taking that there. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. But the uh, the party gets busted. Mm-hmm. Batman, I, coming, Batman coming in. Where does he get those wonderful toys? You can totally see. I've watched this a million times. You can see the wire he's coming in off of from the ceiling. Man, I forgot. I actually forgot to go back and look at that one. I did go back and look at the purple stain. Totally there, and yes, I yeah, like I think you said it. Like well, now that now that I know, I won't ever like not it's, be able to see it. It's so pronounced. It's just yeah, uh, that was anyway. very obvious. I can't believe I didn't notice. Very weird. I, I'm yeah, sorry. I, I shouldn't to, have. I shouldn't have ruined that for you. I'm sorry. I need to go back and check out the lines here. The yeah, the the line comes into and that look on his face, whatever that gadget is that shoots that wire to, just <laughs> just so so clever, so subtle stuff. And then this little car chasing, which this is not. We we talked about this earlier. Like this is not an action pack like fight scene after fight scene, well choreographed Batman movie. There's a few action scenes I would say but this car chase scene and then even his little like fight in the alley with these goons is is pretty well done too and especially for somebody like Keaton like not known for this or would not necessarily be somebody that you would peg for a mm-hmm. a choreographed fighter in a movie like I think it's very well done yeah and it's got to be hard to move in that suit. I'm not saying that's Keaton at all times. It could have been a stuntman or something. But yeah, just that suit. That suit seems so hard to move around. So any of these fight scenes, you know, got to be tough to pull off, and they look pretty good. And his like, there's a couple scenes too where he like looks up, and you can like he bends at his oh, lower yeah. back. I just oh yeah. It's difficult to watch him go through that as as a fan and as a observer of the movie. Like oh my god, give me some Advil. <laughs> Dude, I love it when these guys are fighting Batman they, and they end up getting him down and they're like, check his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> it's some kind of body armor. Dude. It's human after all. Like, seriously? I love it. Check his wallet. Check this <laughs> guy in a bat suit's wallet. It's so great. Somewhere, I mean, maybe the 60s Batman would have had the, the bat wallet, but oh, I mean, yeah. if you're looking at him, where, where would he be keeping his wallet? Like, I, I don't know. It's... I could totally see Adam West pulling out a wallet, Absolutely, like while in costume. That's a that'd be a great joke, actually. Especially if yeah, if he's uh, I I could see it too, like a cop pulling him over or something. But like, geez, Batman, you forgot to signal. It's like that's okay, officer. Here's my bat identification and insurance card. <laughs> your your license has been suspended for six years, Batman. So many years, Batman. It's right, Robin. Um. Plus, we find out a little bit a little bit more about Vicky. You know, her little backstory that you know she weighs more than 108. You know, that that's she's, right. She, she is a liar, and she is clearly <laughs> overweight. If she weighs more than 108. Yeah, that's a crazy take. But also, <laughs> she like seriously by lying, like she almost like killed Batman. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, the the one part I I told my wife when we were watching this that I've I've loved this since we watched it for years now. So they're doing that part, you know, check his wallet, and they're poking at him, and they start lifting up his mask, and then she takes that picture. Mm. No, they don't even bother to look and see anything. Just Bob immediately, shoot her! Right. 
yeah, start f- blindly firing bullets into a crowded city night. Like, <laughs> nothing bad could happen. I mean, obviously, they're bad guys. They don't care about that, but just... Not, I mean, he couldn't even see where she's at just immediately. Shoot her! Right. They have no chance of actually shooting her. No. Well, and then we're going back to the Batcave, or at least we're yeah. taking Vicky to the Batcave, and we're seeing some... This is where we see some Burton, Burton-esque uh, shots, I think, with, like, the the trees and like the all the you know the, the bark of the tree like you can see all the I can't why I can't yeah. think of that word but you know what I'm saying like all the trees lined up and they're yeah. very all green and yeah very burnesque very, very jaunty he's, he's he's big with uh, pale colors and 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 angles and things like that and you see mm-hmm. it too a little bit in the cave with like the the drop off from the platform too so yeah this yes. is where you can you can 100% pick up that this is a Tim Burton movie amen brother but Batman cracks the code, you know. He uh, figures out what the problem, or figure out what the combination is, and lures Vicky in. Doesn't really say what he does, and it's not really explicitly clear what he does. But he gives her that information, and then um, I don't, I don't know, it's a, a roofie or what, but uh, knocks her out. And um, she was hiding that film in her in her bra. So I mean, that's assault, brother. Yeah, when she wakes up, that film ain't there anymore. No, he, he, he went in, he got fresh while she was not out, so that's that's two strikes against probably, Mr. Hey, to Mr. be fair, it was probably Alfred. That's true. <laughs> Alfred seems to have more of a crush on her in this movie than Batman does yeah, half the Alfred time. Yeah, Alfred loves Vicky Vale. He's a huge Vicky Vale fan. Yep. Oh, but then we get the... Uh, what I think is one of the most underrated quotes of this whole movie. I think we talked about it a long time ago at like one of the movie trivias, but Batman cracks the code, gives it to Vicky, Vicky calls and gets it in the papers. And then they're talking about it on the news and, you know, Joker and Bob are standing there watching the TV and <laughs> I have given a name to my pain and shoots that TV. And Bob, Bob clearly freaks out, was not anticipating that yeah. to blow up that much. And then Joker turns to him and you must possess strength to inflict pain, Bob. <laughs> I yep. don't know why. I've always loved that quote. <laughs> that is a good scene. I 100% agree. Bob did, like, I don't know if he just, that was the first time they had done it or what, but man, yeah, Bob did, Bob had a great reaction. Bob, um, yeah, he did not anticipate it blowing up that much, and based off his acting chops throughout the rest of the movie, right. I'm going to guess he did not see that one coming. <laughs> yeah. He's not a great actor, so that had to have been <laughs> spur of the moment. I mean, it pays to be Jack Nicholson's friend, clearly, because yeah, I mean, no he surely got uh, some of the payout from this uh, this movie before too. Yeah, he's in a he's in a Conan movie, and he's pretty terrible in that as well. Not a not a lot of credits to Bob the Goon's <laughs> IMDb page. I mean, there's some, but right. not, not not many that stand out like Batman. So now we get to the scene where Bruce goes over to try and tell Vicky that he's Batman, and it just always drove me nuts how long it takes him to try and get that information out, and especially, like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, he doesn't, like, to your point, too, he doesn't have to tell her. I mean, he and if he is going to tell her, like, just get it out. I understand you're trying to build this up. Like, okay, it's a big secret. I don't want to tell anybody, but... It feels like it's like seventy four times he's like, I, 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 I I'm like, dude, just say it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, and like, to today, Junior. Seriously, he like had the perfect opportunity that night before he has her in the Batcave. Like, if you're gonna come clean, just do it then. Like, yeah. 
I mean, I, I get it. Like story-wise, it makes sense that he's there when the Joker comes, and you know, blah blah blah. But yeah, just oh, it's sure. so dumb that all of a sudden he wants to tell her now, and then yeah, super annoying that he can't get it out. It just kept going and going and going. But then yeah, kind of like uh, the night before at the. I guess it's technically the next day. I'm gonna assume it's still the next day that when she's all when he comes to her apartment. It doesn't necessarily yeah, say in the movie, but yeah, I think it. I think it's the next day. So the night before, Batman interrupts the Joker, but the next day, Joker interrupts mm. Bruce Wayne, Batman. So another rooster in the hen house. That's right. <laughs> Man, I just this is every line that Jack Nicholson has in this movie is so quotable. We just all the time, you know, this bad kid, you know, hurt people. I like him already. Just <laughs> we'd say that all the time, and his face too. It's like. You know what happened to this guy, Jack? And he just, you know, kind of nods him on. Just he's, he's having a blast with this role, man. He's just having so much fun. And then the other part, too, like, Bruce had the wherewithal to grab that metal plate, I'm assuming, that had Vicky's, like, perfumes or whatever on it to stop the bullet, which, safe assumption that, that he's probably going to get shot at, but it's saying, like, is that really going to stop it? I doubt it. Yeah, that's where that's where you got to bring in the uh, Dumb and Dumber line of reasoning <laughs> Harry what if he shot you in the face <laughs> that's a risk we were willing to take <laughs> we have plenty of towels thank you <laughs> 375 thou might want to hold on to that one <laughs> god what just what a what a fun like again any any scene with Jack Nicholson is awesome but you know never rub another man's rhubarb and uh, yeah, you, you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight like he just so many one-liners. That's a great line. Never rub a man, another man's rhubarb. That's fantastic. <laughs> I've never heard of that before or after or since no. this movie. Like Same. I feel like I'm one of very few people that actually use that out in public. <laughs> yep, I agree. Perhaps it's frowned upon. Maybe that's why, and I just don't realize <laughs> it, and I'm too naive to know any better. Yeah, and then why on earth is Bruce Wayne just getting nuts? Like, you know, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Like... What's he trying to accomplish here? I don't like. So I thought about this, and I'm, I want to throw this out there. I want to see what you think. I'm wondering if Mr. Burton, not Jack Burton, but Mr. Tim Burton, is mm-hmm. trying to distinguish a line in this movie and say Bruce Wayne and Jack Napier are not that far apart in which direction they went, but Bruce Wayne, though he's a loose cannon, decides to use his prowess for good, and Napier went to the dark side. I'm, I I wonder if that was... It's, if that's the case, it's not done very well, but I, I kind of wondered to myself if that's what he was going for. So you think that's a, he's having a natural reaction, or is he trying to go... Uh, no, I think he's having a natural reaction. Like, he's clearly... Interesting. Anybody, anybody who dresses up as a bat to fight crime in the night does not have all of their screws. You know, there's a few fries short of a Happy Meal kind of thing. Interesting. So I'm wondering if his natural reaction is to still be psychotic... But he uses his psychotic tendencies as a ba- as Batman to help people out. Interesting. I and I've he's always wi- and he's willing to kill. Yes, like, clearly. I've always read that as like he's trying to like goad him into doing something for whatever reason. But yeah, maybe he's just maybe he's uh, he's sick of it. I think you're probably right, honestly, and I'm I'm confident I'm reading way too much into this. <laughs> but I was just like. There, well, I wonder if there's another reason, but yeah, most part he's probably trying to go to him, which is a terrible idea because he's outnumbered. But yeah, right, and doesn't have a weapon. But yeah, I mean, yeah, he's gonna take I'm, a fire poker to him. He's like, I'm tired of your bull, Chip. 
All right, and then the next scene, I'm jumping ahead. This scene just drives me absolutely crazy. Freaking Alfred just lets Vicky, Vicky Vale into the freaking Batcave. What on I earth? I know, I know. I do. I have to say, the whole scene when he lets her in, like right before that, when Joker's interrupting the press conference. Too, I, I, I love that part too. And he's announcing the parade. But yeah, whenever Alfred takes Vicky in, it's like. Okay, I know they're taking liberties with the comics and the, what characters do, but come on, like Alfred yeah. would never do that. That makes zero sense. They've known this lady for like maybe two weeks, like. And they know she's involved with the news too, so. Right, she could totally be just trying to get pictures of the Batcave and Bruce Wayne's identity or Batman's identity, and just whew, I feel like Batman should have gotten upset with Alfred. Oh, I'm confident he did, but we don't get to see the uh, aftermath right. of everything. He probably. You laugh so, after Vicky Alfie. leaves. <laughs> Alfred, I'd like to see you uh, in my office after Miss Vale leaves. Thank you. Jeez, Batman. <laughs> Good day, sir. Oh, boy. Maybe he punished Alfred and made him sleep in that cave or cavern that he fell down when he initially saw oh, the yeah. bats. Like, Alfred, there's a cot down there. Go. <laughs> Hit the bricks. Pull it out and sleep in there. That's right. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, that part drives me nuts. But then we uh, get into... I don't want to say it's my favorite scene because there's like three separate parts of this, but this last part of the movie between Axis Chemicals, the parade, and then the whole yeah, cathedral is like, scene, is this is my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, this is like kind of like the finale. I agree. This is just very well done. Just it like the end the end is happens so fast i feel like it's, it does I, I quit taking notes i was so sucked in by this point it's impossible not to between nicholson doing everything that he's done but then everybody else in this movie does a great job too i mean even like stuff like bob that we you know we've been joking about his performance but even bob like for what he's supposed to be like a loyal follower kind of just mindless like whatever you say like he he does a good job with that too and he doesn't have very many speaking lines to to ruin that either right yeah man but we get uh you know we, we get to the access chemicals and what what a power move on batman's part just uh you know remote <laughs> driving it in there dropping Dude, dropping those metal bombs and just blowing this place to hell. That's a freaking great move by Batman, just getting after it. Like, I feel like most superheroes, you know, would never do that. Because, I mean, like, those all those Joker henchmen, I mean, like, are literally right right by that bomb when it goes off. And that's a pretty major explosion. So, I mean, there's, yeah, he had to have killed quite a few people. Oh, there's those guys that are surrounded the car when the bombs drop. Like, those guys are yeah. like, clearly dead. Like, yeah, right. there's, there's nothing left to identify the body there. They're just man. Who makes those calls? Like, what if they have family Vicious. members who make who makes those calls? Seriously, <laughs> poor guy. If you would like, uh, if you would like a little bit of this scene, I don't want to say ruined for you, but have the, a little bit of the luster taken out when um, the helicopter flies in at the first time, and even when it takes off, it's clearly like a miniature helicopter. And then if you look at the Joker, it looks like a. Team America type puppet that's just sitting in the back, like not moving at all. It's Excellent. I only I only picked up on it when we saw it in theaters on the big screen, and I look for it now on, on TV. But that's awesome. I will definitely look for that. Yeah. Every time, man, it's it is it's just like a little toy action figure kind of thing. <laughs> have you seen a man eat his own head, Gary? <laughs> well, then you haven't seen everything. Neither have I. Spotsworth. <laughs> 
Oh, but we go from I mean we talked about one Joker dancing to the next man, the the parade just hamming it up, throwing out the the money, the clearly fake money too that you can see is <laughs> obviously it's not Joker, real money, but it's Joker money, right? It's Joker money, his face on the one dollar bill. That's right. I not only love his dancing and just how over the top and crazy it is, but Bob behind him just kind of waving and doing, oh, <laughs> doing yeah. that number. Oh man, everybody is just having a grand old time with this. Yeah, this is just this is just brings a smile to my face every time I see it. <laughs> I actually went back and watched that part again because we were talking about this earlier, and then I went back and like watched just kind of like I found like a best of clips. And oh man, you're right. Bob is Bob's trying to steal that scene back there. He is. He, I, and, you know, and if it wasn't Jack Nicholson, if there was anybody else, he would have taken it. But yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, Nicholson. Nicholson was just too good. It's so great. And again, you know, going going to the drawing board when Batman's uh, putting together his his bat plane or whatever it is, and all right, look, I know at some point in time somebody I come across is going to try and poison the town with inflatables, and I'm gonna need cable cutters to make sure I can cut those wires and then just let it go, you know, into the good night, you know, that just... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's on, like, Macy's Day, like, cleanup crew, like, <laughs> in case we need to get rid of one of those balloons or cut some cables or something. But that's yeah, right. I mean, that's, a, that's a very specific feature for that that uh, bat plane. In case something gets tied up around a building or something, you gotta have somebody come flying in to cut that wire out. <laughs> Tell you what, though, the biggest the biggest miscarriage of justice is that Bob takes the the heat for Batman stealing the balloons. Yeah, man. And Joker takes him down. It's, that's disappointing. I um, yeah. There's there's many things that he does in this movie that are perfect, but that decision to take out Bob. I mean. Especially, there's like what twenty minutes left of the movie at this point, if that. Yeah, right, and and at no fault of Bob. Like, I mean, he has, he didn't make Batman's plane. Like, come on. It's yeah, that's bullcrap. But one thing I'm gonna mention this too. Um, obviously, Batman comes flying back around and is willing to just blow Joker to high hell. Um, misses yeah. somehow with all of the firepower, and then Joker has that enormous gun that shoots I, him out I of the love sky. That. Yeah, that long. That long pistol. What an amazing thing to include! But the part where he's and I forgot to mention this, but I've I've seen this before where he calls on that radio and he's like, you know, Gotham transportation for two five minutes, and he's like, better make it ten. <laughs> From the time he says that and they start going in, the real time the rest of that scene actually plays out in about ten minutes. That's awesome. I like it. That does not always happen in movies. Yeah, that's very cool. Very well done. Yeah, man. But um, how we how we doing on time? Should we uh, should we keep press on? Should we? Um, we still got a few more minutes. We can okay. take a, we can take a break. Everybody, now. everybody, bear with us. We're we're having some issues with our <laughs> with our technical stuff. So we we're trying to give you the best podcast we can, and sometimes that requires breaks. Amen to that. Yeah, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and stop here, and we'll we'll come back and finish up the end, and then do all the all the uh, book work. Rock and roll. Adios. Never rub another man's rhubarb. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome back. We've just taken a another two-day break, and here we are again. And we'll wrap up <laughs> Batman. 
Batman should be finished by 2022, I think, at this rate. So we're, we're doing good. Yeah, baby. We're about done, though. We're about to see the climactic final showdown between the Joker and Batman. It can be truly said that he has a bat in his belfry. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Just, it's going up the steps and him dropping those shoes and everything like that that part goes on a little bit it, it feels like a little bit of a long time it's not too bad but man once they get up there and he just starts sending henchmen after him it's great stuff yeah I love it I love it he, he you know does the squirting flower on the bell and it crashes down mm-hmm. through the stairs and Batman's got to work his way up fighting henchmen like you said and that one guy gives him a run for his money but I I I never had any doubt in Batman taking him down. Do you think those guys were just hanging out up there all night, like, waiting for this to go down? That's a great question. Because they did sure come out of nowhere. They, they were there, and they they couldn't have been following Batman because that staircase was toast after that bell went down. Good call. Maybe Joker's got planted people all throughout the all throughout Gotham. It's like, hey, <laughs> hang out here. We'll bring you provisions. Just hang out in case I show up, that's, and I need you to take on Batman. That's genius. <laughs> yeah, but Batman pretty much just beats the hell out of Joker. Like, Joker doesn't really do anything, but he does manage to trick them, pull them over the railing, and uh, they're just very casually hanging off of this incredibly high tower. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Batman uh, is a cool, cool cat. I feel like Vicky, you know, has a couple of yelps, but yeah, you're right. Like, they're, they're fairly calm given their situation. Yeah, man, they're just kind of hanging out, and Joker's doing his thing, dancing and everything, and the the helicopter comes in, and that, uh, man, that poor helicopter driver, he could eat a ear of corn through a picket fence, man, he's got some chompers on him. <laughs> just, oh boy, but yeah, and they drop that ladder down, and Joker looks like he's going to make the getaway, but... I don't, I don't know if it's lame or awesome the way that the Joker goes down in this is that he gets wrapped around a gargoyle and it drags him to his death. Not so fast, Joker. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a tough way to go. And the incredibly obvious cartoon animation as he falls down, too. <laughs> yeah, there's... Uh... Like Burton, like at the very beginning when Batman's at the on the, yeah. on the tower, when you see the, the cape, that's... Yeah, that, that's... There's a few of those that he kind of weaves in. It kind of reminds me of the scene in RoboCop when um, Boga, I don't know, I can't remember his name in the movie, but Bogomil gets shot out of the window at the end and like his arms are like cartoonishly long from his body. <laughs> like, do you, that's the best you could do? <laughs> I love that you called him Bogomil too. That's awesome. You're, you're talking about Ronnie I know, Cox. I, I, yeah, I know his name's Ronnie Cox. I don't know what his name is in that movie. That's and awesome. And I knew, I knew his name was Ronnie Cox and deliberately said Bogomil because that's who he is. He is definitely Bogomil. I 100% agree. Beverly Hills Cop. But we, yeah, man, we we, um, we get uh, yeah we, we we get we get the falling. We get the creepy laugh, which I'm not going to talk about because it's just going to give me flashbacks to to being tortured as a child. And that's right. Yeah, man, the bat signal and life in Gotham City is never the same ever again. Yep, and then they queue up R. Kelly's Gotham City, and that's that's, that's right. all she wrote. Yeah, I uh, I mean, <laughs> just kidding. 
what else? I mean, what else could you possibly, man? What you you cut you you got me there. There was a one-two combo I was not ready for. You you, st- you stunned me with the R. Kelly call. Gotham City. Was that Gotham Batman City. and Robin? I don't remember Batman what movie. Batman and that. Robin, yeah, dude. Okay. I had I had the Batman and Robin CD. Nice. I mean, that's actually a pretty decent song. Yeah. No. The 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 soundtrack wasn't bad, and Batman Forever's CD was actually pretty solid too, but. Yeah, movies wise, not so much, and there, nothing compared to this. Are there actual like goods? Are they like are these songs or like the score that are on this CD? No, they were songs. So like um, the Batman Forever soundtrack. I know it had an Offspring song. It had oh. the U two song that plays over the end credits. Um, like the oh, only U two song me, that I touch actually like. Whatever that was. Yeah, kiss me, thrill me, whatever. That's Seal too. Don't forget <laughs> Seal. I was. Oh man, that's right. <laughs> Da 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 da. Batman. I forgot about Seal. <laughs> the only thing Batman '89 was missing was Seal. That was a great giving, uh, giving it a power, but but it, it had Prince, so it didn't need Seal. It didn't need that, yeah, right? Prince was way better than Seal. Do you know how Seal ended up getting uh, the his face looking like it did? Is this gonna be a joke or a true story? He, yeah, it was a joke. He was attacked by wolves <laughs> performing it. <laughs> Pop star. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> like one of one of like eight different things that I I remember from that movie that actually got me to laugh pretty hard. <laughs> I did not enjoy that movie, but that it, it's a funnier either. joke when you tell it. It's funnier whenever you can tie it into a Batman '89 discussion. <laughs> oh my god, that's fantastic. Well done. But yeah, man. We we did it. We covered Batman 1989. It only took eight days, you know, we seven did it. nights. <laughs> we, we, we pulled it off, it. man. That's right. Should we, uh, should we name an MVP? Yeah, and I think um, I, I can tell you my opinion has not changed from the other night. I... I, I tried to objectively look at this, but, man, there's, there's really no one else other than Jack Nicholson. He is just phenomenal. I 100% agree. It's got to be Jack. I love uh, Michael Keaton as Batman. He's my favorite Batman, which we'll probably get into later. But um, mm-hmm. this movie is not, you know, this movie is not what it is without Jack Nicholson. I think he, I think he works well with Keaton, and I like Keaton's energy. I like what he's doing as Bruce Wayne. But Jack Nicholson is the best part of this movie, no doubt about it. We we talked about it too. It's uh, I think if if you have Michael Keaton as Batman and no Jack Nicholson, that's what hap- That's how you end up with Batman Returns. It's it's just not the same. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Well, that's settled. MVP Jack Nicholson. Yeah, put it in the book. Unanimous. <laughs> All right, I got a few more questions for you. I want to hear your questions. Okay, so I kind of just I kind of already answered this, but. Uh, Let's talk best Batman. I want you to rank the Batman. There's six of them that I have anyway. You got Michael Keaton. You got Adam West, Bale, Kilmer, Affleck, Clooney. I think I named them all. Yes, that sounds right. So I'll go bottom to top. Um, Clooney is the worst. Yeah. Clooney is the worst. And I'm going to say... I go back and forth on this sometimes. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give Affleck number five. I think I, I flip flopped it from the other night. He does, he did better than I had anticipated him doing, but it's still not my favorite. And yeah, Val Kilmer is, 
yeah, Val Kilmer's right next to it because I, I give respect to Val Kilmer for a lot of stuff he's done, but it's very stilted and very stiff the way he performs I Batman agree. and Bruce Wayne. I 100% agree. I would blame the script also and the director yes. for giving him nothing to do, especially as Bruce Wayne. But yeah, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's not anything great. So that's uh, the bottom three. So then we'll go to the top three. So uh, number three for me, Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. And then number two, Adam Wee. <laughs> and number one, Michael Keaton, as if there was ever any doubt. Right. I mean, that's... Yeah, I like your list a lot. The only thing I would change with your list, I would probably flip Affleck and Kilmer, even though I like Val Kilmer way better. I just feel like Affleck at least was a better Batman. Like, just, you know... He's pretty good. He had a he's pretty good Bruce Wayne too. I yeah, I, small, I was surprised. Yeah, the small and like they're not even in I feel like he's Bruce Wayne and like you know, and like the you see him as Bruce Wayne in the Justice League and some other like non specific Batman movies. Of it's course tough to sorry, he didn't even ahead. make an actual Batman movie except for Batman vs Superman. That's what I was just getting ready to say. Like it's tough to give him a, a, a ranking for me. That's kinda why I went lower with because at least Kilmer had a whole movie, even yeah. though it wasn't as good. So, I'm good. I'm good either way, man. Because I was back and forth on it. Excellent. All right, here's my last question for you. Who is the best villain, other than the Joker, in the rest of the Batman movies? Yeah, in the rest of the Batman movies, um, I have to say, I think Aaron Eckhart's Two Face. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, he did a good job, and they did. I know they were talking about doing that from this movie into a potential sequel with Billy D. Williams, turning him into Two Face. Obviously, that never happened. Um, but yeah, Aaron Eckhart, you get a good glimpse of like before, kind of the transformation into Two Face, and then obviously once he gets burned, then he completely becomes him. So I I like his portrayal. That's a good one. I I like that a lot. He is a good Two Face. Would have been interesting to see. Lando as Two Face too, but yeah, it just didn't work out. <laughs> he would have been a cool cat of a Two Face, I think. He would have been a little bit more low key than Eckhart was. That's true. He definitely would have been better than Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, man. I'm put that out there. Trying to out out Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey in that movie. Speaking of Jim Carrey, I'm gonna go with my favorite villain in the rest of the Batman universe is Jim Carrey's The Riddler. Freaking love it. He's basically just doing a Jim Carrey thing as you know a Batman villain, which oh, I'm all in. I loved him. If you do, if you kill him, he won't learn nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Big Dave and I used to all the time uh, that part at the beginning of the movie when he's like flipping out in his cubicle, like trying to come up with that. 3D boxing or whatever and his boss comes up <laughs> the hell is going on here <laughs> man Big Dave and I would all the time we'd sneak up behind each other and do that and just try try and get each other to pop and laugh laugh about that <laughs> that's awesome alright you got any questions any questions um, you want to ask I think for me I'm interested to hear what your favorite Batman movies are kind of ranking your your Batman movies well, I'm not prepared, but uh, I'll give you. I'll, I'll give you. What are there seven Batman movies? So we have the '60s Batman. We have '89. We have Batman Returns, Batman Forever, uh, Batman and Robin, and then we'll go. We'll just say begins Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. So eight, eight oh, there, movies in total. There is eight. Damn. What did, what did I miss? 
Forever Returns, 89, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, Batman Begins, Batman 66. I'm only counting seven. What, what am I missing? Batman 60, 89, Returns, Forever, Batman and Robin Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Did you count eight again? What, I did. What, what in the hell is happening? <laughs> you have six, 60s, then you have four the Burton and Schumacher ones, then you have three Nolans. All right, I got I got Batman 66. I got Batman 89. I got Batman Returns. Batman Forever. Batman and Robin. Then you got Dark Knight Rises. Batman Begins. Dark Knight 7. Dude, Did you include this Batman that we just talked about? Yeah, Batman 89. I, just, I said that one. What the hell? I don't know. I don't this is weird. I'm just going to go ahead and rank them how I Do have it. them. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm missing one. I, I, might, I might be miscounting, too. This but. is weird. Okay, here we go. I'm starting at the bottom. Number seven, my least favorite Batman movie, Dark Knight Rises. The like only thing it. more annoying than Christian Bale's voice is Bane's voice. Horrible. Yes. Yeah, just didn't enjoy it. Um, MVP of that movie, though, goes to Heinz Ward in the football scene. Yeah, for sure. Number six, Batman Returns. Just a little too dark for me. Didn't didn't enjoy the follow up from uh, from Burton. Number five, Batman Begins. Some really cool idea ideas here. Just I didn't feel like they were executed that well. And Katie Holmes, super annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, Batman Forever. I actually it's not a great movie, but I actually enjoy it. I um, like I said, I like the Riddler a lot, and Kilmer's not a great. Batman, but still fun. Number three, Batman 66. Love this movie. It kills me to put it number three, but it's probably where it belongs. Quote this one all the time. Mm-hmm. Grew up on this one as well. My dad was a big fan of it. Um, number two, I'm going Dark Knight. I think this movie is just phenomenal, and Heath Ledger, in his own right, was a great Joker. And number one, Batman 89, of course. I figured it out. You you left out Batman and Robin. No, I said. Didn't I say Batman and Robin? No, you I didn't. said it. Yeah, you didn't rank it. You you listed it when you were going through, but you didn't rank it because you had Dark Knight Rises as your least favorite. You're right. I didn't. Okay, Batman and Robin is is actually going to be below Dark Knight Rises, so it's actually my okay. least favorite. That's fair. I was trying to forget it. <laughs> at least, at least, Arnold does a good job and have, has a lot of ice puns. Oh shoot, you're right. Okay, I'm making it number seven. You're right. Dark Knight Rises <laughs> is eight. I forgot about yeah, Mr. Freeze. I like it. Chill. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna start the same way. Dark Knight Rises um, for a litany of different reasons. Just two thumbs down. It's like five and a half hours of my life. It feels like even though it's not that long. <laughs> Right. At least Batman and Robin doesn't take up that much time. It's terrible, but it's yeah. at least so bad it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Then, this is where it gets tricky for me. Um, I'm probably going to go Batman Returns too. I think just too much of a departure, a little too depressing. Love Keaton. I like Danny DeVito and stuff. Michelle Pfeiffer does a good job. But, you know, it's just, it is what it is. Um, hey, did you know Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer were dating? At this time? At the time? Yeah. I did not know that. I didn't know that either until recently. Mm, interesting. Fun fact. Fun fact. Fun. The more you know. Um, then I'm, then I'm going to go with Batman Forever. 
Yep. So that's, let's see here. What, do, what am I missing here? So I've still got Begins, Dark Knight. 66, 89. 66, Okay. So then I'm going to go, I'm going to go Dark Knight, actually. After that, I'm going to go a little bit lower on the list. It's, still, it's not because it's a bad movie. It's just I enjoy all four of these movies for different reasons. And this is my, I guess, number four as of today. And then I will go Batman Begins at number three. 66 at number two. I don't care. Come at me about this. I will <laughs> I will fight you tooth and nail. It is a fun, silly movie. Back when we didn't take superhero movies quite so seriously. And rounding it out, of course, the greatest Batman of all time, 89. Oh, yeah. Totally agree. No ifs, ands, or buts, man. I, uh, Great list. God, I, I just I love this movie. And we'll, I'll, I'll show you here shortly. It's going to be a good segue into rankings and ratings because we also got to add Reservoir Dogs to our list. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, we have, to, we have to announce that one. Okay. So, I'm going to have you kick it off here. Where are you? You want to do Dogs or Batman first? So, I will do... I'll do Dogs and then Batman. All right. Let's hear it. So, starting... Well, I guess it's probably... Give, us your, give us your Richter scale rating, too. That's true. You know what? I'm just going to run through this, actually, from start to finish, since I changed my ratings on you, too. So, okay. <laughs> we're, go- we're going top to bottom here, and we have a new number one, and it's Batman. Batman. 6.5 on the Richter scale. Ooh, that's very close to 6.9. Good job, Batman. There, there is only one movie that I will reserve 6.9 for, but we will get there one day. <laughs> Holy Toledo, Batman. That's right. Then number two, Ghostbusters, still at 6.4. Mm-hmm. Number three, Tombstone, still 6.1. Mm-hmm. Big Lebowski, 6.0. The dude abides. Adventures of Babysitting has been bumped down just a little bit to a 5.5. How dare you? Go ahead. Still still a strong rating, though. I, no, that no, one, I'm, I'm kidding. Hey, man, no, I got to tell you, I, I, not only myself, or not only the, the missus, but myself, what a, I'm very appreciative for you bringing that into my life. What a fun movie. <laughs> Happy to help. Then a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles down a little bit at five point three. Mm-hmm. Predator five point two. Reservoir Dogs coming in next at four point eight. Coming in hot. Okay, four point eight. Got it. Prince of Thieves coming at four point seven. Yep. And moving down for a second week in a row, Roger <laughs> Rabbit three point five. That's hey, that's that's still a pretty good rating for Roger Rabbit. I know. Still bums me out, man. I got to tell you, of all the shows that we've done, that one's hit me the hardest. It's just, I didn't see that coming. But a turd's a turd, and there's only so much you can do about it. It was a real turd sandwich. (laughs) All right, here we go. Here, I'm going to run through mine. I got, well, I'll I'll do the same thing. So I'm going to put Batman as my new third overall movie. Okay. So behind Tombstone and Ghostbusters. I like it. Um, I'm giving Batman a 6.0, which is to also tied with Ghostbusters and Predator, but it still sits in between the two movies. Strong. For the number three spot. So I got Tombstone, Ghostbusters, Batman, Predators, Lebowski, Adventures in Babysitting, which is, kills me that I have that as the, my sixth favorite, sixth favorite movie on here. I love that movie. Ninja Turtles at 7, Reservoir Dogs jumping in at 8 with a 5.2 Richter scale rating. Then I got Prince of Thieves, and then uh, I'm going to move Roger Rabbit down to a 2.7. <laughs> as my last film. 
we've covered a lot of good movies on this, so it's not. Um, we really have babysitting for me. Yeah, Adventures of Babysitting's number five for me. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, correct. Right smack dab in the middle, and that's which is not incredible I didn't for your first watch. Yeah, that's I, I, that's incredible. Hey man, I told you, I, I appreciate it. You. Um, You've got the missus bugging me about watching it again already, too. And I tell her, like, you know, hey, we've got work to do with these podcasts. we got to watch movies in order, but... Yeah. I'm going to make an executive decision. I'm going to switch Reservoir Dogs and Prince of Thieves right now. I like it. I just... I need to quit lying to myself. I like I like Prince of Thieves better. I, um... No, I don't blame you. And I'm, what, 4.8 and 4.7, so I'm neck and yeah, neck right there, yeah. too. It's, yeah, it's... I mean, these are so tough. These could flip-flop anyway, actually. But. Yeah. And it's not like... Obviously, we talked about Robin Hood before. I mean, there's obviously faults and flaws, and it's certainly a slow starter, but it's still a fun movie. Like, yeah, I, right. I still great. enjoy watching. I, I would say pretty much 1 through 9, I will watch relatively regularly, but uh, Roger Rabbit, that, man... It, <laughs> It's yeah. out. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Um, hey, what do you want to talk about uh, next week? Well, let's uh, let's go. Let's keep it in the eighties. Okay. Let's t- let's talk about one of your favorites, one of your favorite actors of all time. There you go, Mister Eddie Murphy. <laughs> oh yeah, great great idea. Should we do uh, like coming to America or something? If you twist my arm hard enough, I think we'll do it. I think we can do that. <laughs> Our first Eddie Eddie movie. We have another one slated for down the road, but yeah, this will will. Uh, I feel like this one's kind of a timely topic. So uh, we'll be covering uh, Coming to America, the I have 1988 to, I have, Coming to America. I have to tell you, I've heard from you on the second one. Uh, my cousin Craig, who's who's a listener and who said he's he was going to be texting me all the things that were wrong and things <laughs> that I've said. So yeah. appreciate that. You're going to get a lot. You're going to get a lot of texts. <laughs> Craig said he enjoyed the second one. He thought it was pretty good. And then I had a guy um, installing some stuff at the house today, and he was like, "This is a terrible movie. Don't waste your time." Ooh, I, you know, I'm with. I mean, I don't want to give away my hand, you know, in case we ever yeah, talk about that. Yeah. But I'm with. I'm more with Craig. Yeah, I. Um, it's obviously always a, 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 a tricky situation doing a sequel to a movie that's you know 20 30 plus years but uh yeah that no i give one... eddie the benefit of the doubt man is man is comedy gold right yeah especially when like no one's like asking for it it's just kind of like out exactly. of the blue like hey they're gonna read it they're gonna make another Come do surprise all right so hey before we wrap it up let's give some shout outs we have some you know pretty uh, loyal fans out there quite a few we got big dave of course vonnie dr dub my homeboy zach uh, man, who else is listening? Uh, my sister. <laughs> Dr. Hightower. I, I guess. Can we if still it, count her since she said she liked the village, though? I mean... I, I mean, you know what? It's There's something for everyone, so... That's true. That's okay. We we welcome all people with open arms. That's right. We won't judge you for liking bad movies, because no, there's okay. probably a few movies that we like that are bad movies. That's true. I ranked Ghostbusters two higher than Godfather two, so my opinion may mean absolutely nothing. I didn't. I didn't want to draw attention to myself because I wanted people to come at you, but I did the same thing. So, hey, there you have bring it. Bring it on. Bring bring it on, man. No, that's great. And bring Papa Cash, on. I meant to tell you, Papa Cash said he is running a little bit behind, but he's still 
he's still tuning in when he can. So we, oh, we still have a, another listener. My family hasn't completely rolled over on me yet. <laughs> yeah, I need to check in with Papa Hightower, see if he's if he's listened to more than just Ninja Turtles. Let's see if he... Oh, wait, he, he definitely has, because they did. Yeah, because my mom was texting me about uh, Adventures in Babysitting. So, yeah. Okay, all right. So he at least got probably three, because you said he was a big Robin Hood fan too, right? Yeah, so I'm assuming he got to that one. But, yeah, okay. so... Yeah, so. All kinds of I, people just randomly will check in with me. Charlie, you know Charlie. Oh, chuckles. My my brother-in-law Jeffrey. He's checked in a couple times, so yeah, they're. Uh, we appreciate the texts and don't. We have an email address, right? What's our email address? Our email address. That's a hell of a question you just threw it's, at me there. I <laughs> cash and high tower at gmail I believe so. Fun fact, actually, the uh, other night when I texted you about the wing place. Mm-hmm. It required a Gmail address, and the first one that popped up was... <laughs> there you go. That cash... Yes, yeah, so we have an email address, everybody. We are in the 21st century. It is cashandhightower, all one word, at gmail.com. And that is and spelled out, right? Because you can't do symbols in an email address. It is, yes, it is yeah. spelled out. Cash and no and sign, just cash and fully spelled out, hightower.com. We have the Instagram. We have the Facebook. We're on the internets. Come talk to us, everybody. Yeah, we hit us to, up. We love to hear your opinions on things so we can tell you they're wrong. <laughs> Amen, brother. All right, you got anything else? That's it, man. It's, uh, it's been a blast with these uh, 10 episodes and thrilled to be uh, pressing on to 11 when nobody said we could do it. Word to your mother. Check you next week. All right, catch you on the flip side. Well. Bye.